3: yeah, hello, and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL Show, episode twenty-two. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight we've got a full house. We've got Stacey, we've got Beck, and we've got Alex. And guys, let's get straight into it because another quirky round of NFL football. Uh, Stacey's going to start with you. Who was your? Or what was your most impressive uh, performance from Week Seven?
2: Oi, it's a uh, upset week, isn't it? I mean, it was a great week. Great week for football. And, um, you know, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I didn't know how good the Bengals were until this game, but it's confirmed. The Bengals are good. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is poetry in motion. Burrow throwing for 416 yards this week. Jamar Chase racking up half of that, which is just crazy. The LSU connection is just so strong between those two. Plus, I mean, you have to mention, you know, it's National Tight Ends Day and... Uh, You know the Bengals tight end CJ Uzma uh, just uh, had a day today playing some uh, some backyard footy uh, against um, against a really solid defense at the same time. So yeah, it was a good one.
3: Yeah, I'm going to double down on that. I just it's just unbelievable watching these games and you're seeing you know a a team in the Cincinnati Bengals jersey perform like that it just it, it it hurts the brain but here we are this is this is um 2021 uh weird and wonderful things are happening but no joe burrow um good to see that he's recovering from that knee he's outstanding and uh you know for me I, i've got to apologize i i wouldn't have gone with jamar chase i would have gone with uh, the tackle in uh penny soul so um yeah they, they definitely made the right call there he looks like an out and out superstar so well done there to Cincinnati. Beck, what about yourself? Um, Results all over the place, a few blowouts, uh, some more injuries, but what was your standout from Week 7?
0: Yeah, the NFL is so unpredictable. It just goes to show that you can never tell what's going to happen week by week. Um, This week I'm going with the Lions, not because, um, like, I know they lost against the Rams, but I just feel like the way that they come out to this game, they're 0-6. They're like, screw it, let's just play around, let's have some fun. they kick kicking onside and recover it. They drive the ball to a touchdown. You know, they on their second drive, they get to fourth down, they're kicking a punt and they fake it. They recover like they keep the ball for a few more downs and then they end up uh, kicking a field goal and uh, winning 10 nil in the first quarter. So I don't think I think it shocked the hell out of the Rams and it shocked the hell out of everyone because I don't think anyone was expecting the Lions to come out and have that sort of start to the game.
3: Yeah, certainly one of the more gritty, uh, winless teams that we've seen in recent years. So uh, hard to see them continuing to struggle there. Definitely a win is on their horizon. Alex, what about yourself?
1: Um, I got to go with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, when you kind of look at week one and week two, there's yeah. no way that we'd be sitting there going, hey, go Titans, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, but, you know, I think a fun fact also, Derek Henry, who was like the Titans running back, had more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes this week. Like that's just a stat when you match him up, it just sounds wrong. Like, it's just a horrible thing to say. I mean, great for Derrick Henry, you know, and good for the Titans to get that win. But geez, if I was Patrick Mahomes, I'd be a little embarrassed by that one.
3: All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, The Breakdown. It's do
1: or die. One game. got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money.
3: This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game.
0: Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a ten horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and in The Breakdown this week, we've got another couple of, uh, well, very impressive uh, feature games for you. And the first one, uh, Stacey, very interesting, an AFC East battle. And as Patriots supporters, we're just hoping that these two just go out there and, and batter each other. But we've got the Buffalo Bills coming up against the Miami Dolphins. Alex, I'm going to start with you because, you know, the Miami Dolphins, they're sitting in fourth place last in, in the division, and that's saying something given they're, they're there with the New York Jets. Uh, one and six on a six-game losing streak. Where is it all going wrong for wrong for Miami.
1: It's such a tough one because when you look at the last two games, Miami, they haven't lost by a lot. And I know like right now, everyone's like, we got to trade to it. We got to trade to it. But when you look at his game from this week or right this past this, you know, past Sunday, Monday, um, you know, he, he had 80% completion. Yes. He had two very bad interceptions, but he also led two touchdown drives after that. And he still threw for four touchdowns. So like, they're not, they're not Bad offensively, I just think they got hit with some injuries early on in the season, which was tough. I think two is bouncing back from an injury from last season as well. So there's an expectation there, too. I think instead of looking at the offense, because the offense is doing well, they got to look at their defense, right? Because in the, the day defense is going to win you games and they need to plug holes in their secondary. They need to plug holes in their rush defense because you got to stop other teams from scoring. And they just haven't done that. Like they gave the Jaguars their first win in London. Like, I mean, that's just, that's a tough one for me, for Miami, when they show so much potential and they were leading against Atlanta. Right. And, but then you look at their defense and you go, you guys gave up 400 yards to a team that doesn't have offensive playmakers, right? You look at the you look at Atlanta and you go, well, you don't really have amazing wide receivers, you don't have amazing running backs, right? So, you know, how how, how is Miami giving up 400 yards to a team that's a little lackluster on offense, you know? So, I think instead of looking at their offense and, and props to Tua, right? He's had his name in trade talks for the last 3 weeks. Like that that that'll like you know, go to your head as a, as a quarterback, but I think Miami are okay on offense. I think they need to plug some holes in their defense.
2: I think, I mean, if you're looking a little bit more at their offense, like what I've kind of noticed is it's their third down conversion rate. Like it lets them down so much. I mean, they've only converted 39 out of, 39 out of 93 third downs this entire season. So their running backs are carrying pretty well. They're carrying it like 3.9 yards per carry, but they're just not converting on that third down. So they're just not getting as many opportunities as they probably should be. And they're just playing too conservative for a team that's ranked the worst in the NFL at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to the offensive play calls and the players that they have on offense. Like you said, they have Tua, who's a good quarterback and has, you know, skills to lead the team and have a good offense but he needs more players around him they need to build so that he ha- doesn't have to force balls and make you know quick decisions or bad decisions which is what he's doing with you know throwing those really bad picks this week um so yeah i think it's a combination of both yeah play call and personnel I
3: think I think it um I think it's quite interesting with Tua because one of the things that I've seen with him is he lacks momentum in his career everything's been so uh, stop start and, and in terms of all the injuries he's had just remember he had those fractured ribs even this season and remarkably only missed three games so I still don't think he's 100% healthy but you know he just has that about him at the moment he just has not been able to put together a big stint of games and sort of build build confidence within that within that system so it does that it does make that pretty tricky but To Alex's point, are we looking at a Patrick Mahomes situation here in Miami? Because one of the things we know uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs is their defense is god-awful. And Patrick Mahomes is doing everything he can on the offensive side. If you look at the, the the statistics for the Miami Dolphins, they are last nearly in every category. They cannot do anything on defense. So, um, no, I think that's, that there's some good points there in terms of yeah, Tua may not be playing uh, at his best, but that defense uh, really needs to lift. And well, let's have a look at their their competitor because they're coming up against the first place team in their own division, in the AFC East, uh, the Buffalo Bills, four and two, did have a bit of a loss and then went into a buy. Alex, is it time to panic for Buffalo with that loss against the Titans? Or, yeah, what's what's your sort of feeling in and around this group?
1: I don't think it's time to panic for Buffalo. I think that's, you know, when they do on the NFL, it's like over-exaggeration and that type of thing. I think that's an over-exaggeration right there. I think Buffalo's okay. I think it was good for them to kind of go on a bye week after that loss because it wasn't a big loss to the Titans, you know, and they were, what killed the Bills that week was just their red zone offense. Right. They struggled to convert. And and when you look at kind of their offense, especially in the first quarter, you know, they had to go for six points when they should have been going for 14. So that is a big kind of difference as far as their offense goes as far as week six. So I think looking at that one, you know, I think it was good for them to kind of go on a bye week, kind of brush it off and go, look, we'll bounce back stronger because this team is like this defense is ranked number one. Right. Offense, they sit in the middle of the pack. Like they're still good, but their defense is what's keeping them kind of solid. And I think against them, my Miami offense is okay. Like I I think the Bills are just going to completely walk over the Dolphins on this one.
2: I think, too, you have to, you know, considering the loss that um, the Bills had, it, it, you know, we're talking about, like, going for it on fourth down, right? And, and, you know, coaches made that decision. And Josh Allen, 95% of the time, you'd take him to take that one yard straight over the goal line. And it just didn't work. So I don't – it's definitely not time to panic. But I think that there's some questionable play calls that probably attributed more than it probably should have.
1: Yeah, but that's all. like, that's the fun thing. And that was the fun thing about that game, right? It is fourth down. They're going for it. And that's what makes football enjoyable. I mean, you watch it back. I mean, the poor guy slipped. Right. He's also a big guy. So, like, even if he didn't, even if he couldn't launch, like, just his arm reach could have still gotten that touchdown. But it's a shame. But I think what's fun against the Bills is they're not scared to go for those plays. Yes, I agree with you. Some interesting play calling for sure. But what makes football enjoyable are those red zone plays that. You know, are they going to work? Are they not going to work? Are, this is the play that's going to put them up or cost them the game. So that's what makes football fun for them. And I think the Bills kind of sometimes play into that. Their coaching staff, like they know what's good football for the fans, right?
0: Yeah. And we're seeing that across the league so much now. So many teams nowadays, I feel like, are going for it on fourth down and risking getting it or turning over the ball. So it's, I don't think it's questionable questionable play calling I think is just what's happening in the league now it's becoming the norm when you do have those mobile quarterbacks that can keep it and go for that which is what the Bills do quite a bit like they do Josh Allen likes to be a hero and keep the ball sometimes
3: yeah all right guys well I guess it's time to pick this one and it's a little bit tricky but just before we do Alex I just want to do a quick question on the coaching situation there, because you, you've heard me mention Brian Flores uh, quite a few times throughout the season here on Mojo Sports, but he's making me look bad. I had big raps on Brian Flores. Is this a little bit of a coaching mismatch as well? Because we've got to give a little bit of credit to Sean McDermott and the OC in uh, Brian Dable. Because you know, if you if you look at what they've been able to create with Josh Allen, yes, it helps that he's six foot five, he's one hundred and seven kgs, but this was a quarterback who wasn't accurate is now accurate. Uh, Yeah. I I just see a bit of a coaching mismatch here. And I hate to say, because I am a big fan of Brian Flores.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think maybe, maybe so. I think it's hard for Tua, right? I think he was, he was a guy that there was so much potential of him in college, right? He was going to be the next, the big, the best, and he got injured, right? And that put a really big damper on him, but then he still gets drafted where he gets, Drafted and you kind of look at Miami and go, Yeah, okay, I understand you need a quarterback to kind of take your take your franchise ahead. But I think when you look at Josh Allen, like he's just someone that like he's put in the work. And I hate to say this, I don't think Tua's had the opportunity to do that because he's been injured. And I think when you're a young quarterback, you need to learn, you need to be able to read defenses. And you need to just – and there was a good point made today in the Bears game where you need to have these younger quarterbacks, I think, sit back more and and kind of progress that way. But I think what I like with Josh Allen is, like, you can see his growth and development year in and year out, right? In the last just three years, he's grown so much and his stats kind of do that. But, yeah, I I like Brian Flores as well. So I I think it's tough when you're in a situation where you are where your young quarterback is getting injury after injury after injury. So – I think it's a mix of both.
2: I don't think it, it helps either at the moment that like, and I like blind Brian one when it comes from like a culture perspective. And that's what we all kind of agreed on that we really liked about him, but he's, you know, he's a Belichick disciple and, you know, he's playing really, you know, Belichicky, you know, toughness over scheme at the moment. Cause he's just trying to make a patchwork quilt out of whatever works.
3: No, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting game to watch. And, you know, we, we, If you take it back, they were tanking for Tua, and now they're tanking with Tua. So let's just see how that goes for the Miami Dolphins. All right, guys, let's do some tips quickly on this one. Alex, you already let the cat out of the bag, and you said that Buffalo are going to win and win big. Um, Yeah, just quickly, why exactly how do you see this one playing out?
1: I mean, the thing with the Bills is, like, they'll beat you in the air, they'll beat you on the floor, and their defense is solid. And I think with the way the Miami's defense is, they've got too many holes that they can't plug in a week. Um, so I see, you know, Buffalo's coming up for bye week. They're fresh. They're ready to go. They're really ready to go, especially after that week six loss. So I see them coming out and just kind of steamrolling.
3: Yeah, look for me, I'm, I'm going to go Buffalo as well because I, I think part of the big, part of the issue here is Tua's going to be chasing the game. When he does that, he's going to throw interceptions. So I think you can put Tua down for at least two uh, interceptions, which is just going to compound the issue. Beck, what about yourself? How are you feeling about this one?
0: Yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys. I think uh, the Bills... You know, the defense is just sound. And like you said, their offense can do it both in the air and on the ground. And this poor Miami team is just struggling to, you know, stop anything on defense and get anything moving on, on offense. So the Bills are going to win this one.
3: And, Stacey, for a clean sweep, what, what, what are we thinking here? Does Josh Allen get sick on the day maybe, sits out the game? Do they bring in the backup quarterback? Do they, do they pity Miami? Uh, what's your thoughts, thoughts here? Is it a clean sweep for the Buffalo Bills?
2: I have to laugh at, at Beck's kind of tone. It was the pity, the poor Dolphins, the poor, poor Dolphins. But I'm on the same page with you guys completely. Michael Hyde and Jordan Pointer are going to have a day, you know, as the best sort of NFL combination safety team at the moment. And, you know, you've, you've said two interceptions. I'm going to go one better and say Tradavius White returns one for a touchdown.
3: Uh, There we go. You've heard it here first. All right, guys, let's move through now to our second feature game, which is the Indianapolis Colts coming up against the Tennessee Titans. And, again, this is another in-division rivalry as we move through to the AFC South. The Colts second in the division, are three and four, but they do have a two-game winning streak coming up against the, well, the red-hot Tennessee Titans. They're first in the division, five and two, and they're on a three-game winning streak. Alex, I'm going to hand this over to you to talk to us about this running back because – uh, I think we've said it a few times, but we haven't seen anything like Derrick Henry before.
1: No, and he's a, and we said this at the beginning of the season. Like he is an absolute beast, and I think what's what I really liked about Tennessee this past week, right, is that they didn't rely on Derrick Henry and I think as big as his shoulders are he does not need to carry this team right like they've with AJ Brown back from injury I think that was really good it was great to see him back and good on form did well for my fantasy team so I just gotta put that out of there um but yeah it was good to have him back making those receptions getting those yards and and Tannehill just looks comfortable right and I think they look like a comfortable offense they work on the run and if If the run's not really working, which I mean, give Derrick Henry credit, right? They stacked the box against him this past week. Like he was up against seven plus defenders and still able to bulldoze through. But when you're going up against that many defensive players, 26, 26 times out of 29 carries, like that's, that's just going to drain you and drag you. So I think when, It's nice to see the Titans go to a different game plan. It's nice to see that they have a different game plan. That's going to work because I think they're relying too much on Henry and Henry's going to win this game for us. Henry's going to run this game for us. And it was with a chief's defense that is struggling, right? It was good to see them excel run game and good to see them work on the passing game. And even watching Derrick Henry pass that touchdown, like it's weird, but you got to give him credit where credit's due. He's a man of many talents, clearly.
2: You have to give them some sort of confidence to come out and roll the Chiefs and do them real dirty by letting Derrick Henry throw touchdown passes. I mean, like, that's just next level. And, you know, to your point too, Alex, it's Tannehill time. Like, the guy's been sitting for so long and AJ Brown was just ripping the field to shreds. It was crazy and, you know, and I'm going to call it super early. I'm going to go league MVP Derrick Henry super early because, I mean, the man just joined Ladanian Tomlinson, right, for throwing a touchdown pass with 10-plus touchdowns in the same sort of season. So that's, like, next-level craziness.
1: What was nice to see with the Titans' offense is that they scored on all five of their first half possessions, right? So they went into half leading 27-0, right? So their defense was coming on. They were doing their job. I mean, Harold Landry and Bud Dupree were – all over the field, they had four sacks in totals, four, four tackles for a loss. And they held Mahomes to two to seven for 12 yards under pressure. Like this is a quarterback that excels when he is put under pressure. And I thought it was just, it was hard to kind of watch that, you know, like you, when Patrick Mahomes gets out of the pocket, that's every defense's worst nightmare. But for the Titans, they were able to contain him in a way that I don't think he's actually been able to be contained in the last couple of years. So if I was any other team watching this game, I'd be like, "Okay, how did the Titans contain Mahomes even out of the pocket? Because we know that's a dangerous threat. So for that secondary defense to do what they did and even that rush defense to what they did, I think the Titans were excelling offensively and defensively.
3: And Becca, I, I guess if we look at the if we look at the Titans, you know they're they're not typically a team that you think about, you know as sort of a Super Bowl contender, and part of that is because of consistency. So you look at this game, and I, I think this is a danger game for them because you know when it's, when it's an in division game, you know or you know form gets thrown out there at the window. We know that, but this is the Titans team who they're, they're they're in a great stretch of form at the moment, and they 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 could, they could be anything, but. They lost to the New York Jets. You know, this is the same football team. So I, I, I guess talk to us a, a little bit about, I, I guess, their, their opposition now, the Indianapolis Colts, because, you know, the, the, the Titans aren't going to have it all their way, and, and hopefully the Colts was, sort of went back and watched a little bit of that Jets film because, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a nasty stain on, on what has been a, a pretty good season so far for the Titans.
0: Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's been the Titans' issue the whole time is that they're not a consistent team and you just have no idea which team's going to show up. And when the rest of the team doesn't show up, they do rely on Derrick Henry to carry the ball and get those 100-plus yard kind of games in order to win. And when he doesn't or when defences sell out to stop the run, they lose. And you kind of seen that a little bit in the Jets game. Um, not that Derrick Henry had a bad game that day, but their offense just wasn't flowing and wasn't, you know, looking how it should when you do have receivers like AJ Brown and Julio Jones, you know, and a quarterback in Tannehill who's not terrible. I mean, he's no league MVP, but he's accurate enough and mobile enough to be able to get the balls to those receivers and it just wasn't happening. So to see that happen for them this week against the Chiefs and be able to have a overall um you know, cohesive offense um, coming up against the Colts, if they can, t- can continue to play that way, they could potentially play through the playoffs maybe. We'll see.
1: I think this game might come down to the defenses, the Colts defense versus Titans defense, because when the Colts defense is on, they're on and they're good, right? And it's the same with Tennessee. When their defense is on, their defense is good. However, the Titans have a couple injuries in their secondary, which makes me a little nervous for the Colts, like for the Titans against the Colts, right? Because their offenses, like they're not ranked like more than the other. They sit evenly in the middle of the pack. So they're pretty equal there. Obviously, Titans are better on the rush with Derrick Henry, as you should be with a guy like that. But I think this game is going to come down to defense 100%.
0: Yeah. And as an offense, when your defense is playing well and getting turnovers and giving you more time on the field, you get more momentum and more drive to um, carry the ball and, you, you know, you sem- seem to have more opportunities to score when your defence is playing well.
2: And I think, was anyone else as surprised about Carson Wentz as I was today? I was like, this is the guy that, you know, every- the Eagles were looking at as the guy. Like, I feel like we've just seen flashes of Carson Wentz kind of do Carson wentz things at the moment. And I actually don't know where I would put those two in terms of quarterbacks either. Tannehill and Wentz,
3: yeah, it, like that's going to be an interesting one. I, I think it goes back to Alex's point around pressure uh, from the defense because Carson Wentz is terrible, uh, has terrible decision making when he's under pressure, like a lot of quarterbacks. But Carson Wentz, we know that that's his that's his kryptonite. So if he's clean in the pocket, he has a cannon. You know, he has a great arm. He's very athletic. He's uh he he can definitely make plays, but you've got to get pressure on him. So the question is, can Tennessee do that? And uh, you know, they've been patchy, but at the moment, you know, they've they've got a pretty Pretty good uh, pass rush happening, which is not something we've been able to say in Tennessee for a little bit of time. Uh, All right, Beck, uh, talk to us now about the Indianapolis Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor. Now, he's a guy who I have been a little bit critical of, and I've followed him very, very closely, because in college, I guess one of the concerns with him coming out is he had so many touches, you kind of felt like he would be burnt out before he even arrived in the league, but you know, he, he's, he's sort of been able to make a little bit of an impact. The one thing I would say about him is he has started both seasons quite slow, but I, I guess you can't take anything away from him. He does look to be talented. So whilst we we are talking a lot about the Titans running back situation, it's looking quite positive for the Colts as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Jonathan Taylor, I feel like has um kind of had to carry the offense a little bit for these guys. He's definitely taking a lot of carries thing through the league at the moment is those dual kind of back systems that they're running and they can do that at the Colts with these two running backs because they do have the versatility between them both.
1: Yeah I think I do like the dual running back system that's coming in I think Himes needs to get a little bit more experience like it just there's just a little bit too much discrepancy with him between him and Taylor and I think if they want that to be if that dual system wants to be good for them, then Himes needs to get, I think, a few more touches on the ball and a little more experience and kind of lower that gap. And then I think those two are going to be awesome. But I do like Michael Pittman as far as a receiver for the Colts. I think he's good. But what's what's hard, I think, when you watch the Colts play, and I don't really think we can say, hey, the Colts were great against the 49ers because that was a bad game to watch. It was messy. It was gross. It was muddy. It was rain. It just wasn't good. It wasn't pretty, right, from either side. So I think it's hard to get a good judge on Carson Wentz for that one. Although kind of stats wise it was his best performance he let it come back against the 49ers so I do agree with Stacy um that we are seeing flashes of pretty solid Carson Wentz from you know before maybe his injury at the Eagles um but I think I gotta call out Xavier Rhodes for the defense for the Colts because you know, 49ers were on that drive and he came back with a calf injury that he stepped out for and he made kind of a big interception to stop that drive for the 49ers. So I think again, like I said, it's going to come down to, you know, these defensive showdowns, I think is going to be what this game looks like.
2: I mean, and from, you know, from an offensive perspective too, I mean, Carson Wentz from a decision-making in a passing perspective, he's not great, but what they're doing with that dual running back situation is they're running a whole heap of zone read. And that's an easy read for Carson Wentz because he's so experienced. And the fact that he's holding onto the ball for so long, and we saw it a couple of times in the 49ers game today, it wasn't just because the ball was slippery. I mean, it was slippery. It was hella sloppy and hella messy. But... Um, He's just holding onto that ball for so long on that read that he's actually making the defense do what he wants them to do. So I think if the Titans are able to manage that side of things from a defensive perspective, they might actually come out on top. And to be fair, like Michael Badgley from a kicking perspective for the Colts hasn't been bad. So if it comes down to a field goal, I'm pretty solid that the Colts might take it.
3: All right, guys, let's jump in with our tips now. Uh, A little bit of a tricky one there in the AFC South. You know, I I guess a little bit of a risky game for the Titans because they have been a little bit inconsistent in the past. But, uh, Beck, going to throw it at you. Who are you tipping in this one?
0: Yeah, I feel like I say it every week when we talk about the Titans and tipping them, but I can't go past Derrick Henry. Like he's just having a great season, you know, so I feel like um this defence I don't think is going to stop the run. And if they do, they have those two receivers ready to pick up um some of the plays and get some yards. So I'm picking the Titans this week.
3: Yeah, look, for me, I'm sticking with the Titans uh, until they show me another, another uh, you know, inconsistent performance. I'm going to stick with them. Uh, look, if you take Tannehill's uh, name off the back of his jersey, everyone would be very impressed with his performance this year. He's actually playing outstandingly well. So this is, uh, this is a little bit of an interesting situation we've got here in Tennessee. Uh, Stacey, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, actually, I think it's going to come down to that field goal. And uh, so I'm going to take the
1: Colts, even though it's going to be super close.
3: Yeah, nice, nice. All right, Alex, uh, round us out here in the battle in the AFC South.
1: I got to go with the Titans. I think when they're, when they're run games good, they're good. When they're passing games good, they're good. And they've got people coming back from injury right now, so they're kind of getting to full health. So for me, I got to go Tennessee Titans, and I would love to see Derrick Henry throw another passing touchdown.
3: All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. i your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh,
0: so okay,
2: show.
3: oh my boss is saying
2: closing time. Maybe that's what you
3: Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're going to round out the remaining games uh, this week in the NFL. Alex, I'm going to start with you with your block of games.
1: Yeah, first games I got Cardinals-Packers. I... Like, Would we be sitting here saying the Cardinals are undefeated at this point? No, but props to Zach Ertz. Glad he got that touchdown. I like him in the Cardinals jersey. I think that's going to be a good system for him moving forward. Rodgers and the Packers, they just haven't been kind of the standout team the last two weeks, right? So even with the win against the Bears, even with their win against Washington, I just think they're a little lackluster right now, and I think that has a lot to do with injuries, And I think when you're looking at the Cardinals, I think they're a little bit healthier than the Packers. I think this is going to be a close game, and I've been tossing and turning with it. But I support the Bears and anyone that plays against the Packers. So I'm going to go for the Cardinals on this one. Um, Falcons v. Panthers. Falcons surprised me this week. You know, again, it's a little bit of a a, a lackluster team. Panthers surprised me with their loss and the wrong – like, surprising me in the wrong direction, right? So, I think the Panthers have something to prove, especially with the last couple of weeks. They just haven't done well. So, for me, I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one against the Falcons. Jets v. Bengals. Would it be it'd be funny if I said the Jets, but that's not happening. Um, so, I'm going to go with the Bengals on that one. Joe Borrows, he just seems to be doing really well, and he's found his groove in Jamar Chase, as Stacey mentioned earlier on, like – they're doing well, so i got to give props there. My underdog is is going to be Browns v. Steelers, but it's going to be the Steelers upset in the Browns. I just think the Browns right now, with Baker Mayfield out with a shoulder injury or potentially out or whatever's going on there, um, you've got Nick Chubb, who's also out. You've got about three other defensive players that are also out. They've got key players that just are injured right now, so I just don't think they're at full strength. So I don't see them pulling off this win, so I see the Steelers taking that one as my underdog.
3: Yeah, excellent. Now, another great clash to keep an eye on. All right, Stacey, run us through your games.
1: Yeah,
2: so first up, I've got uh, Lions versus the Eagles. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff is an angry, angry man right now. And he plays really well when he's angry. Um, We know the Eagles situation. They're struggling. Poor Jalen Hurts. um, But I think this is going to be a pretty easy one for the Lions. And, you know, there's a couple of scores in it, definitely. Um, Next one up, we've got Rams v Texans. And come on, like... I don't think there could possibly be a worse mismatched game. I mean, aside from what was today with the Cardinals, right? And, and to be fair, I mean, when the score was 5-3 early in like second quarter, I was like, what's happening? Um, but I think the Rams are going to have a field day with the Texans. They are just bad on all sides of the ball. Um, and then my underdog this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a solid for Alex. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the Bears over the 49ers. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I think that there's some momentum there um, from a Bears perspective. And I think that the 49ers, despite, uh, you know, their game today, and it was a sloppy game, there's there's just a couple of holes that you can see. And, and I think the Bears, you know, the rush defense from those guys are just going to really get Garoppolo moving. And, and who knows if we're going to see, um, you know, uh, a, a a good Garoppolo or a not-so-great Garoppolo. So I'm a little bit up in the air with that one. But I'm taking the Bears. Alex? additional comments
1: this is going to be I can't believe I'm saying this but after the last couple of weeks I think Justin Fields needs to have a sit back and do some, a little bit more learning and I'd like to see Andy Dalton come back and start this game but I think Justin Fields needs to learn a little bit more I love the boy I love my Bears but I think I think they need a little bit of experience and leadership and I would like to see Andy Dalton back playing a little bit more
0: you know it's crazy i was literally saying the exact same thing today when i was at the gym i was like andy don should be playing games like this
3: yeah i think it's, should be. i think it's one of those situations where you put the naughty kid in the corner five turnovers not getting rid of the ball He needs to have a good uh, sit-down and think about his uh, poor behaviour there. But, uh, no, good call, Stacey. That's going to be an interesting interesting one to watch. Uh, The Jimmy G situation is a mess, and if they don't pick Trey Lance, they are crazy for that one. All right, uh, jumping through to my uh, games here, I've got the LA Chargers who are fresh off a bye coming up against the New England uh, Patriots. I think this is again a little bit deceiving you know the Patriots uh, put up 50 points against the New York Jets but uh, the key point there is it is the New York Jets and obviously their their starting quarterback was injured so I feel like the Patriots will be a little bit overinflated coming into this one but as a fan I've got to do the right thing and back them here but I'm doing it with uh, zero to no confidence because um, you know the LA Chargers they've got something special happening here with this young quarterback they'll be ready to go but uh, yeah hopefully uh, Bill Belichick's got few surprises there for that young uh, quarterback. All right, my next game is our Beck Seattle Seahawks coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who went over to London and shocked the world, getting their first victory. Uh, And for me, I think we're going to see another upset here with the Jags getting their second victory of the year. Uh, The Seahawks without Russell Wilson, that just uh, just doesn't sound right, doesn't fit right, and they're certainly not playing uh, that consistent football under Geno. So, look, Trevor Lawrence, he's got all the talent in the world, just needs to not overdo it in a game like this. He he's, doesn't have to push, push the pass, and that's something he's been guilty of in some of the early games where they have been trailing. So if he just plays a little bit more conservative in this one, I think they get the job done. And then moving through to the Saints-Bucks game. Uh, look, I've called quite a few massacres on this podcast and it hasn't necessarily eventuated, but I think this is a big danger game here for the New Orleans Saints. They are hitting a Tampa Bay team who are just starting to turn things around on the defensive side of the ball. I thought they were quite poor at the start of the season. And that offense, that is, well, that, that's the number one offense in football at the moment. So good luck to the Saints. Good luck to Jameis Winston. All right, Beck, round us out.
0: All right, starting with my first game is the Broncos and the Washington, and I feel like the last couple of weeks I've kind of been like a bit harsh on the Broncos. Um, Their game against the Browns this week, I was actually quite impressed with how they competed and how well they played um, against that Browns defence with their offence. And then coming up against Washington, I think um, just their struggles with having that quarterback injury has um, kind of put them in a little bit of an up-down kind of season. It's not really going the way that they planned. Um, So I think the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater are going to take this one against the um, Washington football team. Uh, the second game I have is the Vikings-Cowboys. This is an interesting one because both these teams had a bye week this week or last week. So they both had a week rest. They're both coming back fresh. Um yeah, fresh off a week off or whatever. And then um, I think the Cowboys were on such a good momentum. I think this break might have slowed them down. And I think they could potentially be coming in a little bit cold, not ready. Um, the Vikings always seem to come out and surprise us when we least expect it. And I think this could be one of those games. Um, so I'm picking the Vikings as my underdog against the Cowboys this week. And then the last game I have is the Chiefs and the Giants. The Giants kind of shocked us this week against the Panthers coming out with that win. I don't think anyone's seen that coming, especially with that Daniel Jones one-handed catch. We were all pretty impressed. Um, but I think the Chiefs are going to come out this week with a bit of a vengeance after a couple of lo- big losses. Um, Patrick Mahomes feeling very defeated and feeling like he probably has to lift and build that offence again and get a win, and I think he'll do that uh, this week against the Giants.
3: All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel. Always bring in the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll see you then.